The text this evening is found in the book of Judges, the sixth chapter, and I'll read verses 11 through 14. Judges, chapter 6, beginning at verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Oprah, that pertaineth unto Joash, the Abbey Ezraite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Some Bible scholars believe the angel of the Lord that appeared to Gideon to be a pre-incarnate visitation of our Lord Jesus. Here in the account that was just read, he greeted Gideon with, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The words do not seem to match the setting. Gideon was threshing wheat by a wine press, hiding from the Midianites. Normally they would do that at a threshing floor, which would be on the top of a hill where the wind would blow and help them as they would winnow the wheat. But here he found a low spot, something that he could hide in, and was there trying to keep that wheat from being taken by the Midianites in fear. And whether the Lord or an angel of the Lord, we can see in this that God knows the end from the beginning. He could look at Gideon in that condition and see the man that he would become. It's evident that when the Lord met Gideon, that he was already pondering the things of God. He was considering the oppression that Israel was under, and he was thinking about the accounts that he had heard how God, through miracles, had delivered his nation from bondage in Egypt, but now they had been under Midianite oppression for seven long years. And there was a longing in his heart. What about all those miraculous things that I heard about when I was growing up? Well, I know as boys, uh, I can remember, we, we like to uh, really focus on the really good stories of the Bible. 
my grandmother had a, a big Bible, and we'd like to look through that, and we'd go right to the illustrations of uh, David and Goliath and Daniel in the lion's den or, or Samson. Uh, those were the stories we'd uh, ask our grandmother to tell us about. And I'm sure Gideon was the same way as a, a young boy growing up. He uh, perhaps looked to his father, his grandfather, and wanted them to tell him again about how God had used Moses to go and to deliver them out of Egyptian bondage, how he sent plagues, that when they were up against the Red Sea, he parted the Red Sea, that they were able then to go over on dry ground. And then when the Egyptians went through it, he used it to destroy the Egyptian army. They were all drowned in that. He knew how they were fed with manna from heaven, how they conquered the promised land, how the walls of Jericho fell. These would have been the stories he heard as a, a boy growing up. Think about it, only 60 years had passed at this time since the death of Joshua. So these miracles that Gideon had heard about through them, he understood that there was the power of God to deliver from the enemy. Now, the Bible stories that we heard that we were fond of, really, those were ancient accounts over 2,000 years old, up to 4,000 years old. But for Gideon, this would be like us recounting things from World War II. They were not that far back there. It's possible perhaps Gideon uh, got to see or hold a pair of the sandals that lasted for 40 years. Now, these would have been, in some ways, to them, fairly recent accounts. So he asks, where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of? Really, if you stop and think about it in this account, it's an interesting question. You know, it's possible to ask for something that's already right in front of you. I did that recently. About five weeks ago, following a church service in Bulgarush, I was at a 50th wedding anniversary party for the pastor, Brother Oliver, and his wife, Sister Kathy. They have a very large family, so we were at a table that easily seats over 20 people. And I was talking with a, a man across the table from me. I'd been kind of looking for all their kids. I'm not sure if I know them all. They just, when I thought I did, it seemed like more would come out of the woodwork. But I was asking him where their eldest son, Naughty, was. And he said, I'm Naughty. Well, that was kind of embarrassing. But I, I don't suppose I had seen him in over 15 years. But there I, I wanted to know where he was, and he was literally right there in front of me. I was talking to him. Well, that's exactly what happened to Gideon. Uh, we find him asking this of the angel of the Lord. Where be all the miracles which our uh, fathers told us of? 
And to this, the Lord responded. The Lord, it says, the Lord looked upon him and said, Go, and this I might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? I think it kind of began to dawn on him who this might be. Here Gideon is asking about miracles, and he's having a conversation with the angel of the Lord. You can read it began to be a surreal experience for him. In verse 17, he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Am I really having a a conversation with a heavenly being? Here he'd been asking about a miracle. Where be all the miracles? There's a miracle right in front of him. Well, then to underscore this, he thought, I I need to take care of my visitor here. Please remain here. I want to go prepare something for you. So it says that he went and he got a kid, probably a a lamb, uh, made some unleavened cakes and, and brought that lamb and the broth that he had made when he when he fixed that lamb and the cakes to him and the angel of the Lord told him to place it on a rock, pour the broth over it and then it says the angel of the Lord put his staff on that food and fire came up out of the rock and consumed it it doesn't take long for God to answer our prayers when you have a, a desire in your heart, and God knows all about it, and then it says he departed out of his sight. Where be the miracles? Well, I believe the Lord certainly already knew what was on his heart before he began to talk, just like he does with you and me. But what a difference this began to make in Gideon's life. All that happened here, I was asking for a miracle. Then he decided he should make a sacrifice, which he did. And then the word of the Lord came to him. And you begin to see a, a progression of how the Lord transformed this one who went from fear and hiding to a mighty man of valor. So he instructs him to go and to tear down the altar of Baal and the nearby groves. So again, he, he waits at night and grabs some of his servants and they go and they, they tear down the altar of Baal and, and the grove and in its place they construct a, an altar to the Lord and put a sacrifice on it. But he followed God's instructions. Well, in the morning, the the men of that uh, town, they got up and they saw what somebody had done, tearing down the altar of Baal, and they they said, who who did this? Well, somebody said it was Gideon. Well, we we have to put him to death. So they got his father. We're going to have to put your son to death for doing this. Well, he began to have courage. God was working through Gideon. 
His own father said, why do, why do we need to plead for Bell? Let, if Bell's God, let him plead for himself. Well, that began to have an effect. Here Gideon had done something at night, probably wondering what would happen uh, to him. And all of a sudden, these guys that wanted to kill him, well, they were ready to go out for battle with him. Well, God knows what he needs to do to accomplish his purpose in our life. Gideon wasn't quite there yet. He said, if thou wilt save Israel by my hand. And then he asked God to show him. Put out a fleece. We often think about that. You can you can wonder if he lacked faith, but. I'll tell you, if you were facing a, a valley full of an army that was like grasshoppers who had camels without number, like the sand by the seashore, you might want to put out a fleece too. So he, he said, in the morning, let dew be upon that fleece and let the ground be dry. I kind of wonder if he, he was expecting God to answer, but he may be thinking, well, I'll touch that in the morning. There'll be... Maybe a little dampness on it. We got up in the morning, the ground was dry, and he was able to wring out a bowl of water off that fleece. Well, you, I guess you can't be too sure. Maybe, maybe lamb's wool attracts water. So he said, well, let's do this the opposite way. Uh, why don't we try letting the fleece be dry and, and the ground have water on it? And of course, God did that for him. God wants to help us. God wants us to know that his plan for us is a a plan that's going to work when we follow his instructions. Well, he had 32,000 men to begin with. God told him that's too many. Went down to 10,000. That was still too many. As we know, he took an army of 300 men. With 300 men... Following God's plan, God made Gideon a mighty man of valor. They defeated that army. And I think the Lord let Gideon experience one of those miracles. One of those great miracles. I believe God is still performing miracles today. But just like Gideon, like what I experienced, they may just be right in front of you. Sure, that would be something uh, to see a sea part like that or eat food that came down from heaven. I was thinking, as Brother Matt testified, What about going uh, from being a sinner to having assurance in your heart that you're ready for heaven? That's a miracle. Uh, There's no other way to get that but by the grace of God. Uh, There's no other way uh, for somebody who is bound and trapped by sin to be delivered 
And that happens in a moment of time. Uh, He didn't have to go through several counseling sessions and get to a place where somebody finally convinced him in his mind, no, when the Lord saves you, he delivers you, puts assurance in your heart that you're ready for heaven. You go in an instant of time from being a sinner to somebody who can stand before a holy and a just God. That's a miracle. I met a man about four weeks ago, Marianne, who just a few years before that had been paralyzed from his waist down. He had dropped from about 200 pounds down to 80 pounds. The doctors could do nothing for him. And he was growing weaker by the day. Brother Harlan and Brother Wayne were in that area of his country at that time, the Oltania area. And as often what happens when you're traveling around, you get a request to go and pray for somebody. So they were asked to go to a house in a location they'd never been before and pray for him. They did. When? anointed him with oil in the name of the Lord and pray that prayer of faith, just like the Bible instructs us to. And then a few days later, he was up and walking around. His appetite returned. That's a miracle. You know, we can read in Acts chapter 3 about the lame man that, that was laid at the beautiful gate. Peter and John went up there, the to pray. He was there. They looked up at him expecting to receive something. He said, silver and gold have have we none, but such as we have, give we thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Well, that's the same thing that Brother Harlan and Brother Wayne had. They had the Lord. They had the Lord's word. Well, that man at the beautiful gate, he went walking and leaping and praising God. I was with Brother Marion. Oh, he was a, he was excited. There's a, a church there at his house now. He was walking. As more people came into that church, he was jumping. He'd jump up. He'd go and grab more chairs. He was excited. He shared his testimony. He was praising God. The Lord's still doing miracles. The Lord's still doing miracles tonight. Where be all the miracles? Well, there's many right here in front of you tonight. Many could tell you of where they were and what God did. Many could tell you of healings from cancer that the Lord, uh, that doctors gave them no hope. But yet they went to the divine physician. Just like Marion, he he received both a physical touch and he received a spiritual touch. The Lord still wants to perform miracles here tonight. If you're not saved, 
You just come down to this place of prayer. When you come before the Lord and you tell him that you're sorry for your sin, you mean it from your heart, you let him know, I I, I won't do that anymore. And you ask Jesus to come in, he'll perform a miracle. He'll do that tonight. You will walk out of this place a different person. If you're not sanctified, come down and consecrate your life to God. Just give it all to the Lord and believe that he will entirely sanctify you. A miracle. He can take out that Adamic nature, that root of sin, and help you to live a life without sin. In these past few weeks, I've seen the Lord perform those miracles. I've seen the Lord in the last few weeks baptize with the Holy Ghost and with power. People speak in a language that they've never learned and give praise and glory to God. That's a miracle. God wants to perform miracles here tonight. Will you let him? We're going to have an opportunity. Let the Lord do a work in your life tonight. The song's 346 and the altars of prayer are open.